thethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Hi everybody, my name is Jack and a massive welcome to all you listeners. Joining me is Colin, how are you doing? Hi Jack, I am good man, it's good to be talking to you again and uh, hello to all our listeners and any new listeners as well. Yes, we are doing something today that I enjoy doing, which is speaking about people having a nightmare, things going wrong in life, and we're going to speak about dating, and we decided to invite a guest on, and there was only one person that we were ever going to invite to go through dating nightmares, and that is Caroline. How are you, pal? You all right? I'm very well, yeah. Thank you so much for thinking of me. We've had a lot of fun recording shows like this before, so delighted to be an ass back for, for this. It's shaping up to be a good one, I think. Yeah, Caroline's a listener and she always calls her our bullshit um, <laughs> on comments and stuff like that. She always lets us know when we um, make a mess of things. So it's good to have somebody, somebody on that has got a sensible head and can um, maybe not overrule. Maybe that's not the right word. But um, thanks for coming on, Caroline. And I'm sure we will we'll have a, a bit of a laugh. Now, we're speaking about dating and we asked for input and calling the... Numbers have been pretty incredible, actually, so we've got to give a shout-out to everybody that has sent in stories. Yeah, normally when we do stuff like this, it's usually maybe the last third of an episode or so. We we fill with this sort of content, and we do some more generic sort of dating research, the history of dating, the some famous examples of dating from history and celebrity and all that sort of stuff. This week, it's pretty much just all listener stories because we received so much of them, both on Twitter and on the forums and also on DM from some of the other podders and stuff like that. So um, some people, other people that we know personally. So for me, this is, a, this is a funny one. And it was a very, very easy one to put together for that reason, which I'm always grateful for as well. Yes, lots and lots of cut and pasting. It would be remiss of us to ask for people's content without being open books ourselves, I suppose. So, dating, I, I've been on about three dates in my whole entire life. The idea of it gives me the fear. Um, I'm 36 years old now and haven't been on a date in, in the sense of the sex interview date. That's what I would call it, you know, because is that fair to call it that, Caroline? Like <laughs> a date? That's a pretty accurate description, I think. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> so that, those kind of dates where you don't really know the person, I've not been on any in many, many years. And when I was going on, and we'll get to that actually, but what are your thoughts on, on dating? We'll go with Caroline first. What are your thoughts? Any massive fears about dating? You know what? You always think, oh, dating will be fun and it should be relaxed. It should just be like chilled, getting to know someone. It, for me though, it's never the case. It's always just a bit nerve wracking, especially with like, I don't know about you guys. I love to watch the show Catfish. So I think I've always got that creeping fear that a catfish moment is going to occur. Um, and do you know what? It's yeah, it's it should be nice and fun and a good laugh. But for the most part, it's just nerve wracking. Well, what about yourself, mate? I've, I've got the feeling you're kind of going to be in the same boat as me. But what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I have a long time since I was on a date. Um, I hopefully I've never ever on a date again, truth be told. Um, I think it's a completely different kettle of fish now, though, isn't it? Because in in my day, and how old does that make me feel? Um, you you knew somebody through work or through a mutual friend, or you you met someone somewhere and you hit it off, and you decided to go on an actual date. Now you've got the whole internet side of things, haven't you? And the app side of things, where you're you're almost judged and rated and decided upon before you're even aware of each other's existence um, through swiping pictures, through reading profiles and that sort of stuff. And I suppose that adds a whole new element to it. There's almost a there's almost a point scoring and a summing up sort of thing that gets done before you ever speak to each other. So maybe in some ways that does make it a little bit easier because you've kind of identified someone, you like the look of them and their profile doesn't scream absolute banger. So in theory, when you go and actually meet them in person, half that fear and half that battle should be gone. But then, as Caroline quite rightly puts, you've you've got to watch out for that catfish element of it. The picture's been taken from very good angles or from a very long time ago and all the other stuff that I'm sure goes on with it. Um, I used to quite enjoy a date once I was actually on it, but I do remember the dread before it, worrying what you're going to wear, what you're going to say, try to plan conversations in advance and all that sort of stuff. 
And I think the biggest thing I can say about it is my first point is I am glad I'm hopefully and probably never going to have to do it again because I'm I don't just don't need that in my life just just now or ever. Yes, I missed the Tinder generation by a couple of years, I think. But one of my friends was on it and it was either Tinder or a dating website that recommends people and uh, the top recommendation was his sister. <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's funny you mentioned Tinder. I've obviously never been on Tinder. I've never had a Tinder profile. It's, it was well after my time. However, when I used to work in contact centres and stuff like that, I did love like getting a shot on folk Tinders and getting just a, a wee nosy at it. Um, I do think it's actually a, a good thing. And I think if I ever was having to use that sort of thing, I think it would become quite addictive, addicted, uh, addictable, I should say, um, because I remember just having a laugh and scrolling through and scrolling through and swiping the wrong people just to fuck them over and stuff like that. Um, Did you just say addictable? <laughs> is that like correcting yourself wrongly? <laughs> yeah, I think, it is, I think that is the correct term for this, um, addictable. Um, a, bit like, a bit like heroin, I would imagine Tinder is quite addictable. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I think it would be quite fun doing that but also a sad state of affairs to find yourself in as well. Right, okay, I'll be, pardon me, I'll be an open book here. Um, the, the couple of dates I've been on, I had, I think, massive fears and anxieties just of, like, silence, basically. Like, mm-hmm. silence was not my friend when I was younger. Um, I had, I just had issues with it. I would start to feel so awkward, sweaty palms, you know, like, things, I just didn't want silence. So, during this date with a girl, we were up the town, it was going okay. We decided to go a walk from one end of the town to the other. And I had been reading some of these sort of magazines, like Nuts or Zoo or one of these sort of magazines back in the day. And I was sure that I read that a surefire panty dropper was getting a girl's creative juices flowing, basically. So we walked past a Tesco and I think, right, I see the magazine rack. <laughs> And I go in and I buy like a colouring in magazine. <laughs> like like a pirate colouring in magazine with little stickers and stuff. <laughs> and we end up going to somewhere like Blackfriars or somewhere similar like that in Glasgow City Centre. Sitting down in a wee corner and <laughs> colouring in basically and sticking stickers in this pirate book. But um, it was these wee stickers and the girl put a wee blonde sticker on and a wee boat next to a sticker I'd put there and she went, oh, that's us, or something similar to that. And that's when I knew that my cunning plan to get the colouring book had worked. <laughs> unfortunately, she never contacted me again after that night, but <laughs> it worked once, so I'm taking that as a win. When you say, like, the little blonde emoji and the little boat and stuff like that, this does sound like a very primitive form of you sending emojis to each other. Yeah, yeah, real-life emoji basically, yeah. yes. Like so that, that. was... Yeah, so, so that's my sort of... Short-term success, just not... Short-term success. I've done an update once <laughs> and again, just this um, fear of silence. It was with a girl that I worked with, so I knew that she was into, like, spiritualism and Buddha, you know, sort of one of those girls, um, each their own. So, again, it was fear of silence. So I actually bought one of those, like, 199 books of Buddha quotes and had it in my pocket, and just in case conversation ran dry, I would just whip out a bit of quote. And... <laughs> That's the most David said thing I've ever heard. Yeah, man, it's like, it wasn't like, okay, it wasn't that I was like sneaking away and reading the quotes and then coming back as if I knew about Buddha. I just brought the book out and was like, oh, look what I brought. <laughs> Get, oh, right. Yeah. This is interesting from this is interesting for me, and we'll, I'll tell you some of my stories in a second, but I'm, I'm interested having Caroline here. Because I don't believe, Jack, that girls have this sort of psychological warfare with their own brain ahead of dates. I don't think they have these fears. They certainly don't go to the same the same places that that you have done and many others have in terms of buying a fucking Cornyn book or trying to become a Buddhist just prior to a date to fill silence. Changing my whole religion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Caroline, tell me I'm right in that assumption. You just make sure... Yeah, not you, but your your people, as in the ladies. <laughs> yes, you speak for all women now, Caroline. Go. Yeah. You, you make your you make yourself look nice, and that's it, isn't it? <laughs> to be honest, that's about it. To, without trying to speak on behalf of all women, I've never, 
I've never had to think that much in advance about a date as in like what are we going to talk about how am I going to impress them xyz it's just more you know make sure it's a decent venue for the date like some places just are not date conducive and make sure that you look okay and then hopefully the rest will take care of itself I'm quite chatty anyway so maybe unlike you Jack I think I could probably start a conversation with anyone um at very least (laughs) until a date was over so I've not got that to worry about but but yeah I've never gone to to any other lengths like you know finding it about Buddhism for example to impress someone maybe that's where I'm going wrong though can I just say you two are the one in the long-term relationship I'm not so maybe I should be getting the coloring book out should be getting like a, a Buddhist book or something let's be very clear I'm not in a relationship with any of those women no <laughs> or or with each other actually the way Caroline said that as well yeah just, just to be super clear um I'll tell you I had, I had a couple of dates that kind of stick in my mind and I'll tell you about them really quickly but I'll tell you another story just before that because the, the venue of my date that I want to speak about I had another story about that one and I, I can't remember who it was that told me this or where I heard it but the story was um a girl talking about this date she went on with this guy and it was the most wonderful day and he paid for all the drinks they bought food it was really romantic just a great great night she really really loved it and she was asked where was it you went and she went i went to that new italian bar in glasgow albaroni and obviously people around her that never heard of this bar and we're trying to figure out what's coming (laughs) trying to figure out exactly where she'd been like albaroni an italian bar called albaroni um whereabouts was this you know it's just off um just off St Vincent Street on the corner, um, the daft girl had been at All Bar One, and I uh, thought she was at an Italian place called Al Baroni. I knew that was coming. I just oh I managed to figure it out. Uh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I love it. And now I genuinely can't walk past or drive past All Bar One, and in my head I go <laughs> Al Baroni. Um, but yeah, I remember I went on a date to um, let's call it Al Baroni, um, with a girl from a previous workplace that. I was quite infatuated with at the time and looking back I've got no fucking idea why and um, we went there had a good few drinks and the chat was really horrific um, I was giving my best and I think I think I was pretty cool but I was just getting nothing from her her chat was horrendous and I got a text message um, about an hour and a half two hours into this afternoon date Saturday afternoon telling me that there was a spare ticket for iBooks available and I basically made my excuses and jumped out of the pub, went on the subway and went to the Rangers game instead. And never went on another date with her. Um, so I in work for quite a while after that. The date was just never, ever really mentioned. It was just kind of, let's just pretend that never, ever happened. It didn't work. And then she went away and she got married to a guy that was like 25 years older than us. And I think she's like spat out a few kids and stuff to him now. But yeah, that's probably the one that comes to mind because it was a date that I was really looking forward to and glad to be going on. It was horrendous, and I fucked it off to go to the football. That poor girl. <laughs> How about yourself, Caroline? Any dating nightmares before we just dive straight into the the world of madness that is our listeners, basically? You know, overall, nothing too bad, nothing that's really awful, but I did have one date that does stick out as being just nightmarish. So the guy was almost an hour late to begin with, and he was messaging every kind of 10, 15 minutes, so... I'm so sorry, traffic's bad, or whatever it was, I don't know, I can't remember now, but an hour late, pretty much, he was, and when he arrived, he was just an oddball, like, he told me that he'd already researched me online, he'd seen my Facebook, and realised that we had a mutual friend, so he was like, let's take a photo to send to this mutual friend, who was actually an an ex-work colleague, it wasn't someone I knew that well, and I was like, nah, we don't need to, he just took one anyway, (laughs) and sent it to this mutual friend, and said, look who I'm with. And then to top it all off, the kind of worst sin I think anyone could commit, after we'd been speaking for a while, he was like, oh, you don't sound like you're a Rangers fan. I was like, oh, excuse me? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he obviously, um, yeah, he obviously has some, like, held views about what Rangers fans are and what they should sound like. And I thought, oh, this is it. Yeah, get me home. So I was just going to say, Caroline, that friend probably didn't exist and he uses that picture for various other things now. Oh, don't say that, Colin. You've made it worse now. <laughs> yeah, when you floated this idea of the, the guy taking a picture and sending it, I thought it was, like, for approval from, like, one of his mates. Like, she okay? give this girl a rating. Yeah, sure. Well, but I, thought, like, I kind of thought it was that, yeah. Uh, I reckon you're in some sort of wank scrapbook now. 
I don't see that doing. <laughs> just like the wee, the wee head cut out or something, yeah. Just that, that, that is it. Right, guys, we may as well just dive straight in to the dating nightmares. We will take one each. They vary in length and quality, um, I'll be honest. We'll start with Ross. Ross Hutton, who um, also creates podcasts, uh, his first ever date uh, was the summer between P7 and first year. Started dating very early, did uh, Ross. I took a girl from my class called Jenny to the cinema. That's nice. Mum gave me money for tickets and borrowed my dad's aftershave. All that nonsense, considering I was like 11 or 12. Anyway, we go and buy tickets and then go to the Sainsbury's beside it to get sweeties and stuff. Oh, get back to the cinema to go in and I've lost the tickets. Went back to the Sainsbury's and they were nowhere. Had to get my mum to come and buy new ones. <laughs> and we missed the first 15 minutes of the movie. Needless to say... Jenny, I wasn't going to use her name, but it was a long time ago. Jenny never spoke to young Ross again. This is a common trope from guys to sign off dating stories. Oh, see the worst bit of this now? She's absolutely stunning now. <laughs> As if you would have been in a relationship <laughs> from 11 years old until now. You know what? He, losing the t- he deserves to lose those tickets because he has cheapened out on this date. He's taken her to the cinema, right? And he's got money off his lovely mother for the tickets, but he's not quite got enough from her to actually treat her to some overpriced, over-expensive cinema popcorn and cinema sweeties. He's basically said to her, let's go to the cinema, but I'm a cheap bastard. Let's go a wee walk down to Sainsbury's and buy the cheap shit, and then we'll walk back to the cinema. So I can't imagine the lovely Jenny was that impressed with him in the first place. Very thrifty of our friend Ross there. Yes. I don't know who to pass this one to. Uh... I'll do that. I'll I'll do that. I'll, I'll do this one because it's not a nice one. Um, oh, fucking hell! My first date when I was fifteen. Um, oh, so this is this is from a girl. Um, my first date when I was fifteen. I got my period but didn't notice it since I was too excited. On our way out, every single person in the cafe noticed it since my whole arse was actually covered in blood. Wow. Oh. Um, wow. Um, how, how excited would you need to be not to notice that? Why is she bleeding from the arse? And she just went on a date to a cafe. That's, there's questions that I don't want the answers to in that one. Let's, let's move on to the next one, Caroline. Okay, moving on swiftly to the next one. This lassie talked about her extensive machete collection and how she's threatened some of her exes with them just for fun. She also talked about how she got the massive scar on her arm for punching out a window. Her friend who just turned up at some point, just sat there necking pints. I tried to organise a second date. However, she acted like she didn't know who I was and <laughs> that we'd never met. Oh, wow. That's bizarre. Oh, but again, this guy went for a second date. <laughs> Desperation. Our friend just turned up and sat beside them, just drinking pints. <laughs> It's like, when, it's like when you watch the undateables and there's a chaperone sat at the next table. Oh, dear. Um, Sometimes travellers, when they go on their first date, they'll have like an older brother chaperoning them. This could have been it. Oh, dear, man. Um, next one, anonymous. Seems to have quite a lot of women in contact. He pulled out his cock in the middle of Fast and Furious 5 at the Odeon and asked me to suck it. <laughs> Oh, oh. Um, Fast and Furious Five. I've been on, I've been on a double date. I've been on a double date with a guy who I was on a double date. He wasn't, he wasn't a proper friend of mine, um, but it just made sense because of the two girls involved. And I remember we were sat in a living room uh, after brown for somewhere, and I just remember hearing this big Italian voice he had saying, "Get your lips around that hen." Oh. <laughs> um, the, the, the thought of him saying that was one thing, but the fact that he thought it was okay to say it while there was another couple in the room, just I had to get out of there as well. It was it was hurry. it was it wasn't as bad as Fast and the Furious, but I needed away from it. We've got a mutual friend, Marina, who should turn her ears off now for this story. Yeah, this, this is a bad one for somebody like Marina. Um, so again, from anonymous. Um, to preface this, um, I'll say that I'm a big guy, six foot five and about eighteen stone. The first time I met my ex's parents was at their house, and I fell down the stairs. 
Um, this alone is bad enough, but sitting at the bottom of the stairs of one of the parents' beloved chihuahuas. Unfortunately, by, by falling down the stairs, I killed one of them and paralysed the other. Oh my god. I also fractured my patella on the way down. Like, hi, mum and dad, I've just killed your dog, and the other one's not right anymore. Fucking hell. Oh, that, 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 could be, that could be the winner. There's nothing worse than that. Oh my I don't, god. I don't think I've ever killed or paralysed anything on a date, apart from my future challenges. <laughs> <laughs> apart from your hopes and dreams. <laughs> Oh, after hearing that, to be honest, yeah, my dating disaster seems to pale in comparison. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Um, this is a DM. This is uh, one of our listeners, Colin McDuff, and he said it was fine to use his full name. So, Caroline, let's hear Colin's story. Okay, so from Colin. Got a winch off a lassie in the garage when I was 18 and got her number. Was texting her over the next couple of days. Seemed to be going well, so I asked her out for a drink. Only day we could do was a Thursday, we both worked late at the weekends, and we decided to meet quite early at 3pm. Can't remember why so early. So I'm waiting outside walkabout, her suggestion, this should have been the first sign, and she doesn't turn up until about quarter to four. I nearly patched her when she said hello, as I didn't recognise her. She looked like an absolute bag of washing. (laughs) Dirty top, hair a mess, and converse. (laughs) might have been right a year ago was also strange that it was a fairly nice summer's day and she was wearing a fucking scarf (laughs) going to walk about and to be fair to her tells the truth straight away she'd gone back out to the garage the night before and got her hole hadn't left the guy's flat until she was meeting me the scarf was bought that day to cover up a fucking love bite at first I was annoyed at the fact she knocked back coming to mind when I met her (laughs) then I tried to work out what to do next I'm not proud but I hung about for another hour thinking I should probably get lucky this time round and I'll feel all right hello friends Colin here the looks the charm and the brains behind drunk-term memory just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will so check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free and lots of bonus content. With it after a few pints, but the more I looked at her patchy bruised neck, I decided to fuck off at 4.30. Still have her on Facebook. She's in the Navy now. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that bit so good? Oh dear. Um wow. That's amazing. Dirty cow. Who is it next? Me. Back to me, is it for another anonymous one? The worst date ever was a second date. Things had gone well on the first date. We had a nice dinner, good conversation. Turned her on the couch at the end of the night. (laughs) Second date, I shit you not. She brought another block with her. Oh, the other stories. Random guy coming up. Amazing. Um, okay, another one. Um, anonymous again. A friend set me up with a girl that he knew. She was cute, funny, smart. Everything you hope for, really, on a blind first date. After spending a good part of the day with her, we ended up at one of those ice cream places. We talk for a bit, and she mentions how much fun she's had today. And then she says how much her boyfriend would like the mint chocolate ice cream and that we should all hang out next week. <laughs> the fuck? I, I, I don't know. I would expect, though, that if, it sounds as though the last two people were angling for a little bit of a, a threesome, which is fine if that's your bag. But surely you'd have to be a bit more upfront about it rather than just try to nab a date and just slowly bring in the third person. Oh, the first one, I've just got the image of the guy not seeing anything, just the other bloke just sitting nervously. <laughs> <laughs> sitting around newspaper with little holes in it for his eyes, just looking through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, this one's quite good from Deborah, Kaz. Amazing. 
Um, okay, once I was on a first date and the guy turned up in a camouflage car. Oh, wow. Woman sings, man. <laughs> um, I tried to be nice and said, nice car. And he replied, what car? <laughs> I just went to the toilet and left. <laughs> like, he's think, oh, he's cracked that joke. The first thing that he's done, and she's just went, oh no. <laughs> oh, Jim, 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 Jim. First ever date, I learned I was allergic to strawberries. Nearly died. <laughs> I need to stop laughing at people nearly dying. Oh. It's when you think about that was probably quite a romantic point of the date because if you think about dates and strawberries, <laughs> you do think of like dipping them in cream and feeding them to each other, and then he nearly died. <laughs> oh, this next one's brilliant. Sorry. Um, yeah, this one's from Kirsty. Um, on holiday in Spain, I meet a guy. We're getting on, and we take a walk along the beach. I take my shoes off, and he offers to carry them like a gentleman. However, he flings them in the sea and then just bolts. The image, like, do you think he done, you know, like the, the discus throws, <laughs> like, lobbed I, him into the shit? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm picturing um, Finchy in the office from them over the roof of the pub. <laughs> yeah, oh, amazing. Do you think he tied the laces together in the Finchy method? Yeah, maybe the buckles on them or something like because they were little sandals. Yeah, <laughs> buckled them into one. Oh, amazing. Another oh, anonymous one, Caroline. Okay, an older woman I used to work with decided to set me up with her son. He asked if I'd come over for dinner. This is not normally something I would agree to, but I did since I knew his mum. Turned out he still lived at home with her. While I was planning my exit strategy, she got up and asked, would you two like some time for... And then did the finger in the whole action with her hands. Oh, oh no! <laughs> your, your own mother. Oh, oh man. No. No, Strange. no, no. We went. That's an anonymous. A lot of them are anonymous, and I can see why. We went to get something at World, World Buffet of all places, where he had about five plates of everything except pizza. Who the fuck doesn't like pizza? Anyway, he said he just had to nip back home to pick something up, and I thought we'd be okay going back. It was only a two-minute walk, so I said okay. Turned out he had to go back to his place because he had a crippling fear of taking a shit in public toilets. I sat alone in his living room, listening to him strain while trying to jobby. Halfway through, he realised he was out of toilet paper and texted me to grab a roll from the whole cupboard. Oh, man. Oh, dear. Do you know what's funny, though? Again, like we've seen in so many of these stories, there was an early warning sign, and your early warning sign here was a date to World Buffet. That was the point you should have realised it was going downhill. There's, there's a certain, there, is, there is a certain type of person though that is comfortable enough to go for a shit like as obvious as that on a first date with somebody. I would very much be the kind of guy at the start that would just I would live a sort of life with this relationship that pretends that I don't ever shit, I think. And if I ever had to, it'd be one of those running the taps so she can't hear me doing it and all that sort of stuff. But this guy just blazing as fuck, just I'm going home for a shite, come with me. Pass me. Please tell me it's yours. Please tell me it's your shot for reading this story, Colin, because the um, last line of it is right up your street. <laughs> uh, yes, I think it is my turn. Um, it's, this is from our good friend Anonymous again. Um, he gets about does Anonymous. Uh, or she does, actually. He showed up dressed like Superman. White button-up over a blue Superman t-shirt. Clark Kent hair and glasses. And he took me out to sushi. Um, I thought I told him several times I was a vegetarian, though. At dinner, he spilled sake all over me. He also pulled out his digital camera to show me photos of the trip to Europe he'd taken with his mother five years ago. And then, while he was driving me home, he told me his goal was to have a relationship like Leo and Kate. <laughs> oh, you're so stupid, Rose. You're so stupid. Oh, wow. man. Am I the next right. one? Am I? Yeah, and this guy's actually told us his name, but... Yeah, go for it. He's said, use the name, so this is Frank. Okay, Okay, so Frank Frank says, I went on a date with a lassie and somehow she ended up telling me she found the HR woman in her work to be hot. Maybe she was trying to be sexy or some shit, get me turned on or something. 
The HR woman was a bit older, she said, but really attractive, all that jazz. She hadn't actually said where she worked at this point, so I eventually asked where she had a job, and she said, oh, someplace in Glasgow. Turns out it was my uncle's company, and the HR woman is actually the top boss's sister. That's right, my date fancies my mum. <laughs> ah, that's amazing. Oh. Do you tell them that? Do you then go, or do you just let it slide and don't speak to them again? I think you wait until we, I think you wait till they meet the parents' day, and just before it, you say, "Got your wee present." Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anonymous again. We went on three dates. The next time she asked to see me, I told her I was visiting family. Wouldn't be able until the following weekend. In that moment, she freaked out. Sent me a seven-page-long text message about how I destroyed what could have been a perfect and beautiful relationship. She <laughs> she then left a voicemail of her singing "You Got It Bad" by Usher. <laughs> while crying and saying she loved me over and over again. Two days later, she sent me pictures of filming a bucket list she had made for us. Oh, my oh, God. That's psycho material. Yeah. She She's singing songs. That That's brilliant. Wow. Um, Sorry to read this one. Yeah. Um, she's this big guy called Sean. I got so pissed on a date that when I went to the toilet, I came back out, forgot what she looked like, and sat down at some other girl's table. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, the next one, again from Anonymous, I think. Used to work on the phones in a taxi office years ago and enjoyed the flirting with the female punters. One night a girl phones from... Oh, oh yeah. One, one night a girl phones, gave her a bit of chat, had a laugh, and that was it. She calls regular, and over a month or so later, she gives me her number. Saucy texts, phone sex are on. We then decide to meet. Being the class act that I was at the time, I suggest Lloyd's in town, which, to be fair, was a definite go-to in the early thousands. Bear in mind, we've not clapped eyes on each other yet. We get there, standing outside, trying to work out who it is, and text to see who checks their phone. One girl checks, she's gorgeous, my face lights up. Her face probably dropped at the time, as I was a <laughs> as I was a port portly lady's front bottom. <laughs> you know what that means. Goes into Lloyd's, having a few drinks, getting a bit amorous, kissing, etc. Then she starts texting about her ex boyfriend. Transpires they split a month or so prior to this date, unbeknownst to me. It all goes south, and then she goes out and phones him. She's outside for ages to the point when I thought she'd fucked off. So much so, I would have left her, but her bag and jacket were there. She comes back. It's awkward. We then get amorous again. We leave. And she she ends up giving me a BJ further up from Lloyd's, down the steps of a lawyer's office. <laughs> this is a roller coaster. Um, and he says to end it, a good end to a bizarre night. In the aftermath, though, she was a bit of a bitch. Then I randomly bumped into her one night out a few months later in Frankenstein. Remember that? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'd changed somewhat in mass. <laughs> she ended up asking me out. I declined. Oh, my. That was, <laughs> that was an absolute roller coaster. And it's written in a way where <laughs> you could kind of tell how this guy speaks. I love it. Yeah, it's very much written um, in control, we would say. Yeah. <laughs> And sometimes that can be a struggle to read. Like, yeah, it can be. Who's it back to me? Who is it? Um, I think it's. I think. Yeah, it's I'll go for it. Yeah. So all the way back in 2016, I met a girl in Glasgow out for dinner. She turned out to be way bigger than her pictures we had met on OK Cupid, but she was insanely rich. She was, let's just say, a famous Glaswegian's cardiologist's daughter or some shit like that, and had a nasty coke habit. The whole day, she was doing cocaine in the bathroom, barely ate her food, and then afterwards, we went back to that place where she visibly spiked my drink with an ecky <laughs> and then asked me to tie her up. <laughs> oh, she called three days later to say that I caused her miscarriage. Oh, right. oh, that Jesus. took a dark turn. It really did, I, that last <laughs> sentence there. No. Fucking hell. Fucking hell, yeah. It definitely wasn't the coke or the eckies. It was him. Um... Next one, so this one is from Gabby. 
Um, I don't know what he had planned for our first date. He picked me up and asked if I wanted to drive through to Edinburgh. I wasn't that keen, but said, OK, because it was a nice day. The place was mobbed. He found a parking space and whipped out two tickets to Hibs away. <laughs> um, this was actually not that bad. Married him. There we are. <laughs> what a happy ending, eh? I know, for looking well, past that, uh, good on you. <laughs> I, I, that's a second happy ending after the guy in the steps outside Lloyd's in the lawyer's <laughs> office. Um, but I could for Gabby. Yeah, you do have a chance there because you're, you're basically kidnapping a woman and taking her to Edinburgh because she can't get home. Like, you're just like... <laughs> but there we are. Uh, here's the victor. Nightmare. Uh, okay, next yes. one. I was going out with a nutter. Finished work at 1pm. <laughs> Went out with the guys for a beer or a few. Was meant to meet her at 5 p.m. Didn't eat her. But when I got to my bus stop at 7 p.m., she was where I had arranged to meet her. She must have stood there for hours. And this was before mobile phones. She never batted an eyelid. Me neither. Never noticed her. I was pissed. Oh, my God. That poor woman. Caroline, how long How long would you wait? If you're on, if you're on a date, say your date's 5 o'clock. How long do you hang about for before you get fucked off and go well with that nightmare date if he hadn't gotten in touch i would have left after probably 20 30 minutes but the fact that he was messaging to say i'm just i'm nearby i'm nearby i would never wait longer than now and i don't think i'd just be like oh forget it let's let's forget it but to have not got a single message before mobile phones and to wait for hours bless her there's no chance i would do that i don't think you would i don't think i've even seen this story so this could be a bit of a roller coaster as well because it's a big one the Fair, uh, in 1991, first day driving bus, smashed double-decker into another, uh, forgot front and back overhang, ripped my bus and another one. Two lasses at the time burst out laughing. Two days later, one comes up to me uh, and says the other wanted a date. Uh, what are you with my pal, by the sounds of it? Uh, fast forward a few weekends, we meet up, uh, sitting there as a gorgeous blonde. <laughs> it's always gorgeous blonde, isn't it? <laughs> the friend goes out um, to the hall, comes back with no top on. What do you think of these? The bond turns around and says, for fuck's sake, put them in a jar and pickle them. Anyway, ended up she wanted to date me, uh, but she had her chance years ago, so the blonde then starts phoning her friends, got her a date. We walked to the shops. Um, I wasn't a usual silly self, so I turned around, called me a prick and a cunt. Right. <laughs> so I... This, again, I just... I'm struggling to read this. So I picked her up in my arms, hold her over a rose bush, asked her to say it again, to which she did, and bit my arm. I let her go and she ended up and said, Bush, walked to the shop, got... <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I carry you. I carry you. Ah, carry out. Went back to a friend's house and we sat in the bedroom with me picking the thorns out of her arse. Shat... <laughs> Yeah. Sat yapping away, and then all I heard was, Are you in yet? And the guy replied, I can't get it in. <laughs> we were laughing like a dance in the bedroom. Next thing it was, I can't get hard. She replies, Well, go down on me. That might help. So we're in fits of laughter. Next came the ultimate put down. For fuck's sake, you smell a fish, and I'm not getting near that. <laughs> anyway, not to bore you so much, we pissed them off. Um, they were loud as fuck at it. All we heard was, for fuck's sake, is that a boat coming down the hall with the headboard banging? Next morning, we woke, and she proposed to me. We married the following November, and this year we celebrate 30 years of marriage and scare the kids with that story. <laughs> Why are you telling your wins that story, man? But here we are. Uh, I struggled a little bit there because it was written. That wasn't even written in Kuntrell. That was written in um, Chukter Kuntrell. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, um, I'm not taking ownership for that. Chukter Kinsel, no way. <laughs> <laughs> See, when I say Chukter, I just mean so. Bloody Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is the official definition of Chukter. You know, anybody who's not from Glasgow is a fucking Chukter. Um, and Caroline being from an island somewhere is like Chukter 3000. Um, Chukter squared. Yeah. Um, so another anonymous one. Um, no wonder. I met a guy for a walk and I, 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 oh wow, I met a guy for a walk and talk. Is that what they call it now? Um, met a guy for a walk and talk for the Bella Houston Park. We had a nice vibe online and I had hopes at least of a good time, even if we weren't attracted. He was completely bizarre. 
spent a lot of time trying to get me to believe that he was some sort of psychic or wizard with magic powers. <laughs> I asked for a ride to Govan bus station from the park and suddenly had to go to the toilet during the five minute drive. He pissed his pants just before getting out of the car. Yep, she hadn't asked for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Um, wow, I imagine being a wizard that can't control your penis. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the next one's from Simon, our very own Simon from the pod. Yeah. And he says, out for my pal's 21st in Glasgow, ended up in the loft in Ashton Lane. My mate got talking to a sexy blonde English nurse. No more sexy blonde, yep. <laughs> blonde again, yep. There, uh, there's tons of them. He was wearing a sort of black lacy number. So he asked her out and she said, yeah. And they met up for a bit here and there. Anyway, one night I was meeting him and she came along and she had some pals with her. I thought I was in there with the pals. Plural. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> Fucking Simon. <laughs> did I, know? Uh. I was in with my pal's lady friend. Long story short, she was a tart. <laughs> I made period of time. I ended up outside winching her and the like, and she said to go with her up the road right now and shag her. Oh. My mate then appeared, and she went back to being all over him. He turned to me and said that she was wanting to go back to her place. I knew she meant a threesome, but he hadn't had he hadn't a clue. So she turned to me and asked if I had a Johnny he could use and he'd see me later. I just laughed, chucked him a Johnny, fuck knows why I kept an emergency one in my wallet, but I did, and let him go on his Todd. He appeared an hour later in another bar looking for us, absolutely soaked and stinking. Asked him why he didn't seal the deal. He said the bird had forgot her house keys in the last bar and spewed all over him at her front door. He then snogged her. Oh, no. He then snogged her with the vomit dripping from his and her face and left her at the door and fucked off. (laughs) Never seen her again. Oh, my. I really hope that is Simon's friend that this happened to and not Simon with one of those. Oh, yeah. This happened to a friend of mine. (laughs) There's that paragraph missing out from this where Simon says, and now we're happily married. <laughs> <laughs> we're telling the kids the story. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, right, I'll go with this next one. Um, again, from Anonymous. My first day ever, I met her entire family, which coincidentally included her older brother's missus, who was my maths teacher. Um, that would be a bit, I don't know, it's always, it's always weird when you meet a teacher outside of the setting of school, isn't it? Yeah. And even I, as an adult, I don't even yeah. really want that. No. I, I remember even, I remember I think I was in fifth or sixth year, I walked past a barber's one day and one of the modern studies teachers was sitting and getting his hair cut and I like, I think I walked past that barber's like four times going, oh, look at this. And then <laughs> like a big thing was made that then I remember I went to school the next the next week and he came into my class and he was like, um, it was a pleasure seeing uh, Mr McMillan at the weekend and he came to the conclusion that yes, teachers do also require haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just Certainly that works. it's just that weird thing. Seeing teachers outside the school doesn't seem right, and that would have been an extra special sort of weird scenario to find one in, isn't it? You just yeah. treated it like a zoo, just staring at him getting his haircut. Right, I think one cash. Thank. Yeah. Okay. So next one, I think, is anonymous again. My pal's boss was on a first date with some girl back in the seventies. He's wearing a white Saturday Night Fever style suit and they go for a curry. Oh, that's your first mistake, right? Oh, no. right here we go. Is it shit? Is shit coming? Oh, it's been a while, but here it comes. If it's not, I'll be disappointed. On the walk home, he feels his bowels starting to churn. And as they get to her street, he's trying to eke out wee farts along the road. Just as they get to her gate, he follows through and shits himself. He walks her through the door and she says, Do you want to come in? He decides honesty is the best policy and says, oh, I'd love to, but I've just shit myself, so best not. <laughs> he backs through <laughs> the garden and off he goes. Oh, hang on, here we go. They're still married, the pair of them. <laughs> Good. Would you... Oh, no. You can't go on a second date with somebody that shits themselves. <laughs> no. You can't go on a second date with someone who's wearing a white That's suit. What... Oh, it was the 70s, but that would have been pretty stylish. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe you're right. He's appeared in that date looking like a BG or something, hasn't he? Um, Lewis sent in a couple. Lewis Wardrobe, who's a long-time listener, he sent in two stories. Hopefully, my dating days are behind me now. Being with my girlfriend and best pal, oh, Oh, Chloe, for six and a half years. 
And the thought of having to date gives me the fear. Um, I have two dating nightmares. Yeah, you can use both if you wish or whatever. I'll just use both of them. I'll read one and then Colin can take the second. Uh, back in my uni days in Edinburgh, I worked in Sainsbury's with a girl I fancied, so I asked her out on a date, which she accepted. We went to the pictures and afterwards, when I was walking her to the bus, she lit up a big, massive joint. <laughs> I don't judge anybody for this sort of thing, but I thought, it's broad daylight and we're walking along Princess Street. I kind of thought she was a wee bit of a wronging. I decided there and then that I didn't think I fancied a second date. Little did I know she told everyone at work what a great time she'd had, and they were all now asking when there'd be a second date and telling me what a cute little couple we were. Thankfully, I left her uni a few months later and into the world of full-time employment and never had to see the joint smoking girl again or any of my other century's colleagues. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bold choice getting drugs out or just starting smoking spliffs on a first date, but yeah, each to their own, each to their own. Right, Colin? Co-workers anyways, dodgy. <laughs> Yeah, second one then from uh, the lovely Lewis. A little bit further back to high school, and there was a girl I'd been pals with for a couple of years. I fancied her, and I always got the impression that she kind of liked me, but nothing ever really happened because we were both never single at the same time. Our final few months of high school came round, and we were both finally single. We agreed to go out together. However, the night we agree on, I forgot that I've got a shift at my part-time job. After explaining to one of my mates at work, he agreed to swap the shift with me. Anyway, a couple of hours before the date, the girl messaged me saying that she was unwell and we would have to reschedule. Okay, I say, and I tell her to feel better soon. Although I did start to wonder if she did second thoughts about me and was just trying to get out of seeing me. Later that night, though, my mate who was covering my shift text asked me how the date went. I had a shitty Motorola flip phone at the time and it would constantly freeze and require me to switch it off and on again. After resetting the phone, I went to message my mate back, not thinking straight. I messaged the girl back instead. Something along the lines of, never went in the end. She said she was sick, but I think that might just be bullshit and she's not that interested anymore. I got a shock a few minutes later when I got angry response and then she's then off to school for about a week with food poisoning. (laughs) The date was never rescheduled. Oh, did you know that second shot there, Lewis? Oh, Oh, mate. These phones were bad for that. I do remember that happening to me with one of those bloody Motorola StarTac things. Yeah. This has got a trigger warning, this one, so I'm going to take it because let's see if I can get through it. Um, I've not got that many shockers, to be honest, but this is probably the worst I've had. had been chatting to a good-looking petite girl on Tinder and it was going well. End up arranging to meet her in Edinburgh one night and we went out and got some food, a few drinks and watched the fireworks, uh, which I think were for the end of the festival or something like that. Anyway, uh, we then proceed back to where she stays. She's staying at her grandparents as they were away on holiday and she had the house to herself. Get to theirs and after a while we get down to business. I'm buzzing at this stage. She's quite fit and genuinely my type. All going pretty swimmingly until I get to taking her undies off, at which point I met with the beefiest one I have ever witnessed in my life. <laughs> the amount of excess skin was unbelievable on a girl so petite. <laughs> Being the gent I am, I dive in face first anyway and start munching away. Only to be met with stray hairs here and there, because the thing must have been impossible to shave properly. <laughs> Shagged her once more. Shagged her once more after that because, to be fair to her, although her fanny was rotten, she was a quality ride. Couldn't do it anymore after that, so passed her off. Never come across anything like that again since. Wow. I can see, by the way, guys, we read these verbatim. These are things that people send to us. Oh. Oh. Well done. Was that anonymous? I imagine it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, another anonymous. I had a single phase in 2013. Anyway, new pad and all ready to pump the world. <laughs> Signed up to FAD. I don't even know what that is. Plenty of fish, the lot. <laughs> and this was going to be my life as I had been married and then stayed with a bird. So I was adamant single life for me. First week on FAB and a couple contact me. The guy's diabetic and can't get it up. Would I do his wife? Yep, bring her round and I'll find it to Morrison's for some lube and condoms. Stock them in basket and turn corner straight into my mum. Anyway, as awkward as that was, it was bearable. They arrive both well into their 60s and he explains the situation and asks, 
he can make a tea. I say, fire on, and fire into the wife while he does. She is rampant, filthy, and I'm almost forgetting he was there. Knickers off, and there it was. Her fanny was like Alpha Alien's nose, and he sees me looking at it funny. Turns out, and I never knew what this was, but she had a prolapse, which looks like she is starting to turn outside in. Anyway, in for a penny and all that. Got the job done twice, and off they went. I declined a further meeting. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what. I have no words. No, no words. No words. Absolutely no words. Oh. Right, Colin. Just move on from Alf Alien. Um, I'd been seeing a new girl for a few weeks, and it was getting serious. So it was time to meet her parents. Picked her up from her flat and it was a drive to get to her parents about an hour away. Anyway, she starts getting frisky in the car and we end up pulling over in a nice quiet country lane and get down to business in the back seat. It was a two-door coupe, so it was a bit cramped, but I got the job done. When we got to her parents and the introductions were over, her mum asked her what the red rash all over her shoulder and arms were. It turns out I've been pounding her so hard in the back seat, the car speaker had left an imprint and you could make out the word Panasonic on her shoulder. <laughs> That's hard to explain away, isn't it? Oh, that's unbelievable. Um, Jack, why don't you take us home with this last one? My mate popped a hunchback on holiday. <laughs> uh, back home in the Roseville Arms, I had a gale the assembled crowd with, with tears of mouth. The bold Jimmy denies it all night before final admitting she wasn't a hunchback, she just had a bit of a stoop. Is that it? That's it. That's a story. That's us. Oh, there's a lot of little story in here. Yeah, there was. I don't know where it went to. Um, because I, oh, I was getting. Oh, I wanted to. I wanted to read that one, man. Oh wow, there were some great ones in there. We just call that a day. Then I don't think there's much more to say. But some of those absolute horror stories, man. No, I think the, the, there's there's one big thing to take from this podcast, and it is that I'm extremely happy for both myself and for Jack, that we're both in extremely happy long-term relationships with wonderful people that we love very, very much. And Caroline, good luck in the dating game. Yeah, I've I've never had the fear more about about um, first dating. I think I'll I'll kind of stay away from it for, for the foreseeable until I get over this. Hey guys. We'll call it a day. Thanks for listening. We will speak to you all soon. Browse only the best pods in the best network. Quite the thing media.com.